The Holy Gospel is found in Luke chapter 11. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And Jesus said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. God's dearly loved people, grace to you and peace from God our Father, our Mother, and the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Perhaps it's an odd thing to ask, even of these disciples, for the disciples were steeped in a, a tradition that was marinated in prayer. 
The Psalms preserve the outpouring of the human heart in just about every circumstance of life that you can imagine. They've observed these disciples. Jesus, in his own rhythm of prayer, And certainly, their lives were already filled with the practice of prayer. So maybe it's kind of a strange request. But maybe it's not unlike ours. We too, we too are steeped in prayer. You may or may not be among those who in one way or another practice a discipline of prayer, keeping the hours, as we say, of prayer, or at least taking the opportunity to pray at the time of waking, or noontime, or the evening before you go to bed, or before every meal. These are all times that perhaps Many of you, all of us, pray in some way or another. Even this hour, when we gather together, is steeped in prayer. We have our confession, which is prayer. Even the invocation is a prayer reminding us, calling on the God who has promised to be there when we gather in God's name. The Kyrie, of course, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, is a pouring out of our hearts as we bring the burdens of the day. The responses to our scripture readings, the great thanksgiving, even our hymns are forms of prayer. So we're steeped in prayer, aren't we? Martin Luther has said to to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. The response of the soul is definitely universal. It's not just Christians who are steeped in such prayer. Mahatma Gandhi said, prayer is the key of the morning and the bolt of the evening. And Thich Nhat Khan, the Buddhist priest, says, you carry Mother Earth within you. She's not outside of you. Mother Earth is not just your environment. And in that insight of inner being, it's possible to have real communication with the Earth, which is the highest form of prayer. It was a Buddhist priest in my community who called us together. That priest, a Muslim imam, a Roman Catholic priest, a universalist, other Lutherans, to spend time together in prayer, teaching me, teaching me how universal prayer is. Prayer permeates the life of faith. 
So understanding that, maybe it's a strange request when we say with the disciples, teach us to pray. But also maybe it's not. Who hasn't wondered about prayer? Who hasn't asked questions about prayer? Who hasn't grown hot and cold in one's own practice of prayer? I'll pray for you, spoke a father to his son over the phone, couldn't be there as the son was facing a major crisis in his young adult life. No, don't bother, came the reply. It doesn't work anyway. Who hasn't wondered? What's the point? What's the point of prayer? Job quotes those who have become cynical and inured to the spiritual side of life when he says, what is the Almighty? He quotes them. What is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what profit do we get if we pray to him? It sometimes seems the height of self-deception to think by our praying we can manipulate God into doing what we want and think we need. That somehow we can change the mind of God. Or even that God might have time to deal with each minuscule request and need and thought that rises toward the heavens. Who hasn't known the delusion and the heartbreak that comes with when earnest prayer seems to be unanswered? When it seems to go no further than the ceiling? We pray and we plead and we beg and we cry out for an answer. We cry out for healing. We cry out for work and jobs. We cry out for those things that are deep in our heart, those people and loved ones for whom we care so much that seem, we seem to be losing. And it doesn't seem to work. Our hearts join the heart of the psalmist who cries out, I'm weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. Prayer works, we say. Prayer changes things and we, we call on each other to pray for each other in that confidence. With that word, and what do we mean by it? Maybe so. 
Maybe it does, but it's not always so obvious. So what are we doing when we do that? Books have been written, of course, on prayer. And we glean them, and they've been written in every age about prayer. And the latest, O'Hallisby, some of you know his book on prayer. Henri Nouwen, with open hands, has touched me. Anne Lamott has reduced her prayer, she says, to these three words, help, thanks, wow. Luther wrote letters to his barber about prayer. In every age, we're the same. We're steeped in prayer, and yet we, we can't put our finger on it. We can't say it works the way we think it maybe promises. Studies have been done, of course, to bring some scientific evidence into the conversation. One group of patients is prayed for while another group is not. Is there any measurable difference between the two groups? I'm not sure of the procedure, much less the results, and I quite frankly don't care for that kind of thing. Somehow being able to prove in some empirical way whether prayer does any good doesn't seem to capture what prayer is really about. Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus doesn't hesitate, you notice? He doesn't try to clarify what they're thinking. He simply goes right into it. When you pray, say. Here we find out that beneath our questions of whether and how to pray, and how prayer might work, pulses a relational question, not of how, but of who. Father. Father. Right away, and as you look through each petition, Jesus seems to be proclaiming to all of us that prayer is not something that simply works for you. It's not a manipulation of God. It's an entering into, it's a coming before. It's a safe place in the presence of one beyond our understanding greater than we can ever imagine. Incapable, we are incapable of comprehending this one, and yet we are invited to say, Father, gracious, loving parent, 
So do you believe in prayer or not? One pastor was asked, David Lowe's, writes about it. She was adamant, so do you believe in prayer or not? And he answered, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in prayer, but I do believe in the God who listens to our prayer. I do believe there is one there who knows who we are, who loves us unconditionally, and who invites us to pour out all that is inside. And this one listens. These are all relational petitions as we go on. Do you catch it? Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. It's all plural. It reminds us we are not only in the presence of one bigger than us all, but we are in this together. Prayer, Jesus seems to be teaching his disciple, is pouring out our hearts, our very lives, into that great mystery which, in which we live and move and have our being with the confidence of children who are known and loved. Someone is there whom we need in all moments of life. C.S. Lewis put it this way. In Shadowlands, this film in a book about his relationship with, with Joy Gresham, he's just returned from London to back to Oxford University. After he has just been married to Joy at her hospital bedside, She's dying from cancer. And through the struggle with her illness, she and Lewis have been discovering their love for each other. And as he arrives, Harry Harrington asks what news there is. And Lewis hesitates. And then he speaks. He decides to speak of the marriage and not the cancer. Ah, good news, I think, Harry. Yes, good news. Harry, not aware of the marriage and thinking Lewis is referring to Joy's medical situation, replies, I know how hard you've been praying. Now God is answering your prayer. Quickly, Lewis answered, that's not what I, why I pray, Harry. I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God. It changes me. It changes me. Mary Ludy is a pastor 
was written a devotional after a trip to Spain. And in it, she describes visiting a shrine to St. Jude. The courtyard in that shrine to St. Jude receives dozens of visitors every day. Rich women dressed to the nines, others dressed more modestly, clothes off the rack. There are students there, there are functionaries, there are pierced teens, there are sanitation workers in orange vests. Morning, noon, and night, there's a gaggle for St. Jude, she says. And what they do is they light one euro candles. Each small flame begging hope. A need as deep as life. Help me find a job. Help me conceive. Make my mother well. My children never call or come. My husband has someone on the side. Some light two euro candles. The, the, the prayers require the bigger ones, their, their prayers. They come back every day. They need, they need incessant intractable within their lives. St. Jude, the patron of lost causes, the saint of last resort, he never lacks for work. Observing this scene as Protestants, we might be tempted to disprove people shouldn't pray to saints, we say. For this, we had the Reformation. If you're globally minded, you might be put off by these, personal these, these purely personal prayers. There aren't candles maybe for systemic injustice, Aren't there candles for wider concerns? But this isn't a place for thinking, she says. It's a place for witnessing. Here it's better just to watch as fragile folk pour out their hearts to someone they hope will listen. Better to be reverent here and learn that suffering is suffering, need is need. Hope of mercy is hope of mercy, no matter what or who or where, no matter why or how. Better here to feel your own begging need, to see your likeness to these strangers, to light a candle of your own, one euro or two, depending. We are steeped in prayer. We don't define it if we can't. We know it doesn't always turn out just the way we're begging. But yet we come and we light our candles. We sit in our pews. Because we know somewhere there is someone who is and will and we need to have to pour out all of these needs and cares and concerns. It's true in our personal lives. These days, 
It's true in our corporate lives. Teach us to pray is our prayer. And ushered into the presence of a loving father, a mother hen longing to gather her chicks beneath her wings. We are led by, the, by that gracious hand into a world where the reign of God is breaking in, where fragile lives are known and kept. No matter what, we pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Amen.